0: Genesis 18, and I'm going to read it and then I'm going to talk about it, okay? Genesis 18 And the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre as he sat down at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, O Lord, if I found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree while I bring a morsel of bread that you may be refreshed. You may refresh yourselves and, and after that you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham went quickly into the tent to Sarah and said, Quick, three salas of fine flour, knead it and make cakes. Now, I will stop there for a minute. Ladies, this is when you would give the evil eye to your husband that you would invite someone over at the last minute and have her turn around and go, could you just do some baking and make some meal? Uh, we used to have a, a rule at home. We used to have a rule at home when our kids were young. You do not ask the parents in front of us without checking with us. Well... We don't Our kids would in always invite other kids over. And so we had a rule that you can do that, but you have to do it with us knowing it first, not in front of us, right? Um, maybe I'm not following me, but it was kind of this rule. You have to ask us privately so that we could be ready for hospitality because nobody really likes to have hospitality thrown on them right at the last minute. And all the ladies said, Okay, got one amen. Good. So, and Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to a young man who prepared it quickly. Then he took curds and milk and the calf he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. I don't know about you, but that would have taken a long time. Prepare the curds, prepare the milk, like all that stuff. Uh, These men, when they said yes they were committing themselves and they said to him where is sarah your wife and he said she is in the tent the lord said i surely will turn to you about this time next year and sarah your wife shall have a son and sarah was listening at the door at the tent door behind him um in this in the story sarah begins to laugh and does, and and uh then says, how can this happen? Because I am of older age. How can I be pregnant and have a child? So the, the aspect is that these three gentlemen, these three strangers, are all of a sudden right beside Abraham, and he goes and prepares a meal and brings them in, and they prophesy fruitfulness over his life and over his wife. So what does that have to do with today? Lots. Because we're talking about the summer of the soul. We're talking about the creativity, connection, and conflict, and how these forces interact with our lives and relationships. And we are called to join Jesus in a new creation in bringing God's good world into our own. And so it means that we're creating a connection with him. It means that we create connection with other people. It means that we... How do we handle the difficult parts of the journey... The conflict that sometimes takes place. So this morning I want to talk about rejuvenation. Rejuvenation. What does it take for you to be refreshed? Oh, services in the park. Like, you guys look like you're ready for the beach. Right? Abraham is hanging out at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. And that's the title of the message is Heat of the Day. He's just trying to get away from the sun by grabbing a little shade. But he's at the edge of his tent so he can feel the wind. It's just another ordinary day to beat the heat. He doesn't realize it's he's about to have a profound encounter with God. I guess I want to say this is when you know how to be rejuvenated, you're also preparing for an encounter with him. Abraham meets three people. And the text presumes that they were angels. But the writers of the Hebrews of of the Old Testament did not understand God as a trinity, but they knew just how important these three, these guests were. And unlike other angels, they don't speak on behalf of God. They speak as God in the first person. Do you know how to bring refreshment to your soul? Sometimes we ignore our soul we pretend like the day isn't hot and the sun isn't shining sometimes we we take perverse pride in how hard we can push ourselves and we go further than we know we should and we give more than we really have to give sometimes we mistreat our soul we need more rest, we, but instead of getting that rest, we stay up and watch Netflix. Oh, we say we need to get our minds off of stress only to check our phone and make us anxious, and a, that makes us anxious and more angry. We say we, we need to protect our emotional health. But we struggle to enforce our boundaries around the gossip and the complaining that we hear from our co-worker when they start unloading on us. And sometimes we avoid our soul. We say, this is just me, and and you don't think about changing the way you think. Or you let your emotions lead without facts of the situation. Or... You let your will be led by another agenda that really is going to sabotage your life. You see, it seems like a simple thing, but Abraham is posturing himself, and it's really, his posture is a prophetic picture for us. He stands in the place of potential. It just wasn't the edge of the tent he would have missed if it wasn't the edge of this tent, he would have missed a chance in meeting with God. Do you know how to stand close to where God can meet you? We had this, uh, we were talking at our life group just this past Wednesday and we were talking about having a prophetic word for your family because we were going through the, this book called Giant Killers and and um, one person said you know I know where God is when I was in the, in the past in this part of my life I, I did these certain things and I heard him and I find right now I when I, I'm heading to work all I can think about is preparing myself for work and trying to unstress myself from work on the, day, on the ride back We don't really realize it, that God is right there beside us. Most of us know we should how uh, we what we should do to refresh ourselves, but we don't often reach for the things that that will do that. We reach for chips instead of carrots. Uh, we could pray, but we also could watch television. Let's be honest, which one feels more, most refreshing? Now, someone's going to go, carrots for sure. But here's the secret. It's standing close to the edge of your tent. Don't do what you think you should do. Don't even do what you think you could do. Just put yourself in a place where God can meet you. Are you struggling over with anxiety over situation then maybe turn off the radio as you're heading to work in the morning and talk to him about it invite him to speak to you maybe you're that's standing at the edge of your tent the way that apple tasted over that lunch hour now you're standing at the end of your tent Are you looking for direction? Read one of your favorite scripture verses out loud. Record your own voice and play it back to yourself. Play the audio version maybe of Psalm 23 from the Bible app or YouTube and, and put it on repeat. Now you're standing at the edge of your tent. You see, God doesn't invite Abraham into a theology of who he is. He simply walks by Abraham's dwelling. I guess we need to ask the question: Are you trying to understand God before? Are you trying to understand God before you get to know Him? I, I can I be real with you? Uh, that's sometimes uh, the life of a pastor. I'm studying for what I can tell you, not from what I know Him to be. It's, and I'm no different than all of you. It's easy to try to understand so that we could get to know. Who knows whether Abraham knew he was, ta- he was talking to God himself. Many people have hosted and responded to God's presence even without being aware that it was him. God is so humble that he doesn't even need your acknowledgement. Right now, he's all around. He's in the wind. He's in the sunshine. He's in your friend. And he's present in your... When you go for lunch today, he's filling all things with his glory. He doesn't hold it against you that you might miss 98.9% of his presence. What does it take to refresh your soul? Well, if you follow Abraham's example, all he did, the word says that he looked up and he saw. He saw what and whom that was around him. Now, you're going to say, well, that was obvious because, you know, he's a... It was back in the Old Testament days where they just had a tent and they're in the middle of the desert and obviously if someone's going to be there you're going to see them. But it starts with what I would term respect. What does respect mean? It means giving of honor or a sense of esteem, showing regard or privilege before you have reason of worth see Abraham knew that he was at the edge of the tent but when he looked around and saw we well, can easily say well he just knew by chance that those were you know angels and he just went and did it Well, how how would you and I be if we're sitting maybe in our car and all of a sudden we see three people on the street Huh. those three people on this, the street oh good Yeah. someone we would hardly notice but in order for the story to take place Abraham had to show a sense of respect a giving of honor a sense of worth to, some, to three people who he didn't understand that they were worthy of that honor As I was uh, going through this message, I was reminded of an old book that I read way, way a long time ago before uh, before we had Y2K. It was written back in 1996. It was called Windows of the Soul by Ken Geyer. And he writes this, to respect something is to understand that there is something there to see. That it's not all surface. That something lies beneath the surface. Something that has power to change the way we think or feel. Something that may prove so profound a revelation as to change not only how we look at our lives, but how we live them. Just remember that God wants to meet you where you are. Abraham's guests don't try to, they don't sit down and explain the Trinity to him. They just show up. So what if the problem is not that you need to meet God? What if the problem is you didn't know how, you didn't notice how you already met with God? Did you know that um, there's something that you and I can do that shows a gift of respect? it's called hospitality and hospitality sometimes is um, it, it, it's a little bit of a sacrifice because it kind of ruins it kind of interrupts your day and it causes you to make to bring honor to that situation I had to do that yesterday i uh, and i um, I had to I was convicted of uh, not having the right uh, attitude and uh, and sometimes you don't realize until you're in the middle of it i I was at a wedding yesterday I enjoyed the wedding but I had to do different things to the in this wedding i did give up my house to a bunch of ladies to get ready. Uh, men, you know what I'm putting down here? There's a lot of estrogen in the room. There's no testosterone at all to breathe. Testosterone, I should say. And, um, you know, I I, I had to, um, I, it felt like I had to give up my home and myself into a into the office or uh, I ended up doing some uh, I was looking after my grandchildren for part of it and that was not just because I'm a grandpa it's because I was trying to give a gift of hospitality hospitality sometimes is a is a thing it's It's not supposed to be an obligation. It's supposed to be a gift of refreshment and of honor to others. You see, Abraham meets the strangers and his first instinct is to bring them refreshment. He's aware of their needs in his own soul and he makes them willing to meet the needs of others. He isn't obligated to help. He wants to because his own soul is refreshed. Something... It's. it's something inviting When it's something that happens when you invite a family over for a meal it happens when you have an impromptu coffee with a friend it happens when you leave a gift card for someone else under the windshield wiper blade on the windshield it sometimes is that buying that little thoughtful thing you know that they're going to love instead of just noticing it maybe it's leaving someone else a, a silly voicemail Maybe it's trying to give out, give another person. Maybe it's uh, sometimes sending a card with a heartfelt message, not just for their birthday, but for just because. Sometimes it's making sure you are the one who's sacrificing more in the middle of your friendship to make sure they know just how much you love them. Sometimes it's letting them pick the movie and then not complaining about it. I have a difficult time with that because... uh, I sometimes go, "Oh, honey, it's your it's your birthday. You let's do whatever you want to do." And she goes, "Well, I want to watch this movie." And I go, "No. <laughs> Not that one. <way. laughs> what about this?" Mm, "No, I don't like that either." Great. <laughs> <Preach. laughs> sometimes it's really about preparing a meal for them. Sometimes it's really about giving them something of yours that you really love and can't replace. Sometimes it's really about being hospitable without any hope of getting any future reward. I I, I want to really make this clear. The life of hospitality, the the fruit of that is fruitfulness. The reward of that is fruitfulness. Fruitfulness there's something that when we give of ourselves to one another in hospitality we are showing respect honor even before we know that they have something to give to us I know that there are a lot of people in our congregation that know the gift of hospitality and uh, know the fruitfulness of what happens when we give that gift freely the dream of Abraham and Sarah to have a child becomes reality in just a moment their legacy lives on because they are the kind of people who can open their life and home home and have dinner with three strangers what if your legacy isn't the work you do or the things you achieve but the people who you bring around your table you know uh, as a pastor I I watch all of you I watch what you do I watch what you say I. how do you watch what you say I hear what you say and I I am amazed at how this works itself out in some of your homes and family. And I don't know about you, but I get blessed when I see it take place naturally and without any provocation or promotion. It just is organic and it it motivates from the heart. I've been recipients of of such hospitality. Um, There isn't any best Zoom abortion all of the country, except Joyce Neufeld's. It is the best. There is no noodles any better in all the world than Martha Lemke's. And some of us here, we're waiting for God to show up and to reveal himself to us and to make something fruitful happen in our lives. And it's already there. We just have to receive it. Sometimes in the flesh of giving of ourselves to one another. um, I've been... I've been blessed with with being in this this setting and in this uh, city for over twenty years. And you begin to, over a long period of time, begin to see the circle of people's lives. You you're staying so long that you now see children's children. Your 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 peeps children get married and they're having children and you begin to look at yourself and say man I'm really I'm getting old like Frank I can say that because I can bug Frank but um I guess what I want to say is that the the impact begins to be shown over time and we don't see the the impact at time when we're giving that gift of hospitality I want you to know that that um, when uh, Cassidy moved with her parents so many years ago, you know there was a there was a concern about Cassidy really being able to survive the move from Kenora to here. But you look at her now, and you go, "Man, what a woman of God!" Was it because I gave up my house for a day? No, I saw that before, but I know that in giving up my house yesterday, I'm sowing a seed for tomorrow. And I'm believing in what, who, and what God is doing in her so that there can be fruitfulness for the future. Life isn't all about what is happening to you. But what God wants to do through you. As you simply just give of yourself in a little bit. Everybody's trying to escape the heat of the day. So I guess I'm asking all of you that maybe we should be an oasis for someone else. It's important to know how to rejuvenate your soul. To impact And and that will impact the whole world around you. If you're exhausted, maybe you're irritated, you're frustrated, you're limited, you're spread too thin, you're discouraged, you're distracted, you never will be able to notice when God walks by your tent. You need to get your soul refreshed so that you can be a refreshment, refreshment to others. So it's important to have boundaries. Limit screen time. Even for adults. Right, (laughs) Louie? Watching what you eat. Taking good care of yourself. This isn't selfish. You can't do unto others what you're not doing unto you. You're already mistreating yourself. With that being said, we can't let life be all about us and our protection from its demands. It still takes a posture that Abraham saw Abraham did and that is he looked up and saw what was around him you're not going to fix this overnight you might not feel refreshed right away but you can at the doorway of your tent and wait who knows who might come by your table and fulfill your promise You see, I don't know if you know this, but as a pastor, I see you all as God's gift. You're not just a seat in a padded chair or a certain amount of offering that is received one day a week. I see you as gifts because as I've opened myself up to you, I've seen the greatness and the goodness of God and the face of God in and through what you have who you are and how you have been in the area of hospitality and have just been a refreshment to who Barb and I have been uh, what we how we have served you. So Abraham experienced fulfillment because of what he let go and because who he let into his life. And we call that engagement. Here's another little quote from that same book of Ken Geyers. He says, If we are to love our neighbors, said Frederick Brunner, before doing anything else, we must see our neighbors with our imagination as well as with our eyes. That is like artists, we must see not just their faces but the life behind and within their faces. The life behind the face. It's one of the pleasures I have as a minister is to be able to share in the life behind the face I look at Alex and Sarah dole, dole back there and I I got to got to do their wedding it was just a small affair but I got to be in the place of of the place where family is. I got to be involved in the the nitty-gritty, the place where a new family and home was being established because I got to do the wedding ceremony. I... I guess I, I want to invite you all to do the same to not you don't have to do a wedding ceremony, but you can get involved and engage with one another, not just your friends, but throughout the whole church and in to the world around you. They need our engagement. Whether they like it or not, they do. You know, we can have boundaries, and they're good to know our own limits, knowing what will take our energy and protect ourselves from too much of allowing our resources to go thin, but boundaries are, are not there so that we limit our giving. Life isn't a zero-sum game. Jesus wants you to be a river of living water. When you are positioned at the edge of your tent, what you give away comes rushing back into your soul an even greater abundance. The Holy Spirit has you right where he wants you. Stop thinking about how great life will be one day once you get everything figured out or you... Are trying to protect yourself from life demands. start thinking about where you can open your life to be a source of refreshment to others. Even if it's just a small thing, even if it's something less than you're capable of, even if you're only giving a fraction of what you are going to give one day. Maybe, maybe you're even scared at the cost and the, tempted to just hide out in the bunker, close the tent door. Even if you're embarrassed by your house and you don't really want to have people over, I don't know about you, but there's two different viewpoints when you invite people over to your home. There's my wife's and there's mine. I like what's, you know, I look at the house and I go, this looks good. My wife looks at the house and goes, get out the vacuum. We're gonna do some dusting, and matter of fact, can I tell you a little secret? She was out with a paintbrush and filling holes before yesterday. They were taking it's a one with a two wing <laughs> on, the Enneagram. on the Enneagram she because it was important to her to have the house looking proper yesterday. For me it was like. You get what you get this is the house man if you want to fill the holes fill them yourself no. even if it feels draining that you're worried about giving something you can't get back when you're hosting the presence of God in others God makes good on your sacrifice Here's my last sentence. Awakening, it's time to experience fruitfulness. By being at the edge of your tent, ready to honor the deep things in people that you can't see but will change your life forever.